to win in style, we've done it for a while, it's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 6 Episode 8, very special edition. Uh, I'm Jack, but probably known as Mr Latchford Jr. today. Uh, and joining me is... Oh, I'm ASD, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the buttons. He's here in the background today. But our, our special guest, I think this is match match number three, Number three, I'm looking for the ball, I can't <laughs> see it anywhere. I was promised the ball, but I can't see it. Mr Latchford Sr., <laughs> good to have you back on it. Um, we've got loads of questions, so let's just dive straight in. So, opening question is: If you were to build your ultimate Spurs player, what body parts would belong to what player? Now, obviously, you need to keep this clean. I'm only looking at you, ASD, for this one. Um, but you can have so like, whose hair would the person have? Whose left foot? Whose brain? Whose right thigh? It goes on and on. So, I mean, what you've done some prep. Done a little what bit. You, of prep, what have you got? Yeah. Um, I've got for hair. As in, Starting at the top, as as yeah, <laughs> definitely. I've got Pat Jennings, as in the uh, luscious hair in the in our theme song. Um, <laughs> but I've also got um, probably a player you you two might not have heard of, Alfie Con. He goes back to the mid seventies and um, real luscious hair. This guy had something like D'Artagnan out of the Musketeers. Um, and then we've got just just other silly ones for hair. We've got Chris Waddle's uh, mullet. Going back to you know when he was playing for us, I've got Ralph Coates wrote down as well. He's wonderful running away in the '73 League Cup final, and his hair. Well, he just used to have like a wrap around, a Bobby Charlton type thing, which I gave up on years ago. So um, I've got um, hands. I've actually got again. I've got Pat Jennings because he used to be able to put five footballs on each hand apparently, because he's got really really big big hands. Um, I've got arms I've, I've actually got Gazza because he used to always wave his arms around in front of mm. everyone and get his arm across players um, really good actually um, probably as, as Jack would probably agree head, head, head stroke brain I've put kind of as one um, Teddy Sheringham was obviously a very brain player um, I thought maybe maybe Berbatov he was another clever yeah, one wasn't he it's similar we've Obviously, got the obvious ones: Ledley King, Van der Vaart. Obviously, is, is another wonderful you know, man. You know, Jack's Jack's main man. I, I think. <laughs> I think. I think we've gone two pods without mentioning him. I think <laughs> in recent times. Um, feet definitely Glenn Hoddle because he could play with both. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. Both feet, left and right. Oh yes. Oh yeah, and score from tw- thirty yards and twenty yards with both. No problem at so all. I had Glenn Hoddle for eyes because vision. Right, Very yeah. Good. Can I can see a pass more than anyone else. I, I would. He's he, again. You know, lacks lyrical about Glenn all day, but he <laughs> he, he was. Um, he's he's obviously the best pass of the ball I've ever seen. So yeah, mm. I wouldn't disagree with that. You know, um, legs is a difficult one, isn't it? Do you, do you base it on pace? Um, I was thinking of uh, just as a bit of fun, people with small legs. <laughs> um, uh, Jose Dominguez springs to uh, Jose Dominguez on the wings, or whatever they used to call it. His legs were about two foot arms and upper body. That would look. Yeah, you could do one of these uh, Mr. Potato Head kind of characters, couldn't you? With it. Well, that's great. Uh, Any more? No, that's. I think that's about it. Yeah. The only other ones I had, I had Edgar Davids for hair. 
Or just glasses. You can get Edgar Davids in with glasses. I was I thought you'd do Bale's left foot or Bale's mm. legs or something. Definitely not Ledley's knees or something. Um, or David Ginnelly, a quick feet. Maybe David Ginnelly's right foot. Maybe. Yeah, you'd yeah, and, and obviously Bale's left foot definitely. Mm. Um, I was also thinking of the legs, um, Darren Anderton because he was always lying down, so they were probably pristine <laughs> on the, the treatment table. Of anyone. So yeah, he you know he'd be another one. And Glenn Hoddle, quite a few mentions there, and that brings on to our second point. To be honest, because obviously Glenn Hoddle, your favourite ever player, yeah. um, idolised him. Um, you got top three goals that he scored for us, or like top three games. Like are there, there must be some games or some goals that stand out where it was all about Glenn and if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have won are there any that spring to mind straight away I've got um, goals and these are particular favourites of mine um, some um, one might not be well known I've, I've got down um, it's Stoke away 74-75 and this was his debut game for Tottenham he was wearing a number four shirt and it was um, a left foot a left foot tw- 25 yard under the top corner it is about on the internet. You can find we'll it. We'll try and find the links mm. to these I've goals got it. and send them around. Yeah. I put them on. It's on the Facebook page already. Yeah, and then I've got um, a, a couple of famous ones. Um, Nottingham Forest at home, the volley. Um, I think it's seventy nine eighty when he. Um, I think Melia Lestick's playing in goal for us. He kicks it upfield and there's two. He- I think it's Cliff Jones, not Cliff Jones. Uh, Chris Jones heads it on. And then probably Mark Falco, someone like mm. that. And then he volleys it in past Peter Shilton. That's a great goal. And then I've got the famous Oxford goal of 87 that they show before the game over at the lane every week mm. when he bursts through and, and just um, dummies. I think it's Peter Hucker playing in goal for Oxford. And that was his last game, wasn't it? That, that was, was his last game, game at, at, um, at the lane. Mm. Um, I know that Glenn's favourite goal his personal favourite goal is at home to Manchester United it was um, a League Cup game and that's around 79-80 that's another volley and that's I know that's his personal favourite goal for Tottenham but there's so many I mean you can I thought you might have mentioned the chip the chip at Watford is another one yeah um, that, that's, that's a great goal it's a particularly it's, sort of like well shown goal that so I'm sure most people will be quite familiar with that one there's so many though we could yeah. probably do a the Watford, a whole hour dedicated to Glenn. The Watford one is a good one because I can see myself in, in behind the goal when that goes in, actually. Is it, is it worth doing a quick intro to the new listeners on how long you've been going to Spurs and what's, why your Spurs and what Spurs mean to you? Um, Sorry. Yeah, of course it is. It's, um, I've, I've been going over there since the 69-70 season when my dad started taking me when I was you know just about four or five years old. Um, and... It was passed down from my dad to me, and unfortunately for Jack, it's been then <laughs> yeah. passed down from me to him. So it, it's kind of in your blood, you know. It's yeah. you don't have a choice who you're going to support, and and that's the way it is, you know. Love it, brilliant. Um, we've had quite a few questions coming from the listeners actually on the Facebook page today, which is brilliant. Um, so I'm just going to start reading through some of these. Um, Joseph Alvarez um, so which team have had the worst set of fans that you've seen at the lane and also which teams had the best away support in his time so is there, are there any sort of standout is it a team that have always brought really really good support because the one I think of straight away is Everton I always think they're a really really strong set of supporters they just chant about their club if you go to Goodison it's really good but their away following is always really strong so they're, they're one for me that have always been really really good away fans but I don't know if there's another team that's been like that for you or if 
for a certain amount of years a team had a really strong following but it's not the case anymore I mean are there any standouts I think I think Liverpool fans have always got behind their team and they always do at home and, and they've had not so many good years they've just won a few cups and things like that um, but they, they're another team always bring a lot of away support mm. to our ground I mean back a long time ago and you go back to the 80s when if you were playing a London derby you would get the whole end behind a goal and they would get the same so the park lane as it is now would be the away end mm. and the top and bottom tier would be full of unfortunately of Arsenal fans or West mm. Ham fans um, but that was in the day when the ground was bigger when they were standing and we could have 48,000 52,000 in the ground and then has there been you've obviously done quite a few away games are there any grounds you've gone to that you've been like that was the really really excellent atmosphere because we did Stoke a few years ago and that was you could see why they did so well under Pulis because that was a very hostile atmosphere but are there any other grounds you've done where it's been particularly um, I've always liked Goodison because yeah. it's yeah. I, I think Goodison's quite popular with um, a lot of um, fans because it's still a bit old school it's still the same ground it's mm-hmm. not kind of a Sunderland or where they're like what Hart Lane I always thought Goodison very very similar we, we've managed to move on with Goodison's only got like five I think hospitality boxes you yeah. know extraordinary yeah. when even even at the lane at the moment not too sure now it was over 100 so you know mm. when we bought our West Stand in 82 I think we put 72 boxes in so we, you know we, we have moved with mm. the times like that we have I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, the corporate hospitality, but we have embraced it, and, and unfortunately that's where the money comes from a lot mm. of the time. And that brings us on to the next question, actually, which is from Sam Diggins. Um, so with White Hart Lane being demolished at the end of the season, if you could take one item with you, so a bit of the turf, your seat, anything, what would that one item be? I'd try to bag the cockerel on the top of the uh, on top of one of the stands, on either the west or the, the east, I know they will go into the new ground somewhere, they'll be in the museum or they will um, be incorporated into the ground. It would be nice if we could, say, be offered to take our seat with us. Absolutely. Where we could, we, we, you know, a couple of spanners and, and, and we've got it, you know. I'd quite um, like just the big screen as your TV in your front room, just yeah. this massive, yeah, yeah. however big it is, filling good. up your whole house. That would be amazing. They've got one of the cockerels in uh, in the reception. Have you done the tour, the stadium yes, tour? Yes. And they talk about it there, yeah, don't they? Yeah. So the, the, as you go into the West End, they've got one in like the main reception with, a, with like a ping mark on its wing where Gaza used to go down to White Hart Lane and try and shoot birds with his pigeons with his yeah. air rifle yeah. but then just started shooting the actual the golden cockerel now isn't there a rumour or an urban legend that there's a, a pot of gold in inside the uh, cockerel is that rumoured <laughs> yeah. I'll tell that's why he wants it I'll, t- I'll tell another quick Gazza story actually he <laughs> used, used to, he used to have great delight um, the police it was back in the day before students you know police in the ground and he used to launch footballs at the police <laughs> Standing by the tunnel to see if he could knock one of the helmets off on a regular basis <laughs> yeah. in the warm-up. I'm sure he did it quite a few times as well. I don't think he'd get, get away with that under the current management <laughs> somehow, no. <laughs> um, and the next question is from Mark Walsh. and I really like this question, and this is old school versus new school. Mm. So you basically, from... He's given us four examples, but I mean, it's key positions and key players, and you have to pick which yep, one would yep. you currently have. So it's the first one is Clements or Loris? 
that's tough really tough um, probably if I was picking top three goalkeepers I've seen at Tottenham them two are both in it mm. I think Lloris is probably arguably the best keeper we've had if he could kick the ball like Paul Robinson he'd be the perfect goalkeeper Ray Clements fantastic professional um, considering he, he played for England I think only about 60 times but Pete Shilton was around at the time as well so it was, mm. it was good competition um, I'm going to just slightly side with Loris. I think I'd go Loris, but I'd never see Clement so it's probably a bit no. easier for me mm. to say but I can't imagine there being a better Spurs keeper than Hugo mm. but it's two for Hugo what would you go for? I mean yes it, and the game's changed so much as well like Hugo is, is just, the balls are quick, move quicker don't they and so mm. his reaction times are unbelievable he's not yeah. quite as strong so if you took Hugo back to those times I think he'd be bullied a bit but I've never seen any, anyone do what he does for us. No, he's a fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah, 3-0 to Hugo. That's 3-0. Fantastic. Um, and the next one is Ledley or Toby. God. That is a real, real tough one. Well, a I know I know one. Jack um, caused a bit of controversy over this uh, subject <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. um, I am going to stick with Ledley on this. Um, I think Toby's probably one of the best signings we've made Arguably in the last ten years, the last ten years, not not just in the last couple of years. Mm. I think he's made such a difference to the team. When you look at the goals that we're conceding, and not silly goals that we're giving away that we used to do on a regular basis. Touch wood that won't happen at the weekend. I'm going to side with Le- side just slightly with Ledley. Again, I'm allowing for his dodgy knee and everything. Mm. Um, I think Jack Jack was saying at home recently. You know, he was the type of player king when he was in the team. He was inspirational. Mm. He, he lifted everyone. Yeah, we else. were saying it's like company when he plays for yeah, City. He just it. gives them a lift that yeah. no other player being in that team could be. Yeah. But I mean, how do you pick between the two? I mean, I, Ledley's my favourite Spurs player of all time, but I'd probably go Toby purely because of you're going to get 38 games in the league out of him. That's, That's probably the only mm. the only reason. If it was. Ledley fit for 38 or Toby fit for 38 I'd pick Ledley but purely purely because of the injury I'd probably just have to go with Toby I think it does I, quite hurt me to say yeah that. I think um, I think um, Toby's arguably better in the air but their um, positioning is what impresses me when they defend mm. there's never a panic and they mm-hmm. they know where, what they're doing and where they are and the arm gets pointed out to the full back and you know they're aware of what's going on around them I'm just going to slightly go with Ledley. Uh, it would be, if you ask me who would I have as my captain, it would be Ledley all day long. Um, a different question, that. <laughs> but it, if you it's ask tough. me which centre-back mm. would I have, it would have to be Toby. Mm. Just, he's just he's just so strong and, like you say, just organises so well. Not that Ledley couldn't. I mean, we're talking about two 10 out of 10s here. It's really difficult. Just to imagine choose. the two of them together. Because Ledley used to play on the left side as well, That'd so they'd great, fit in. It? Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, the next one, which I don't think there's going to be any questions with what you're going to say, it's uh, Hoddle or Modric. Yeah, well, Glenn's the best player I've ever seen play, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I would always pick him. I think I think Modric's a wonderful player, mm-hmm. and he's he's the mm-hmm. type of player you would pay the admission money, you know, just to go and see. Um, again, two feet, lovely movement off the ball. Um, again, both of them. I think. Arguably, Hoddle's long passing was a lot stronger. 
Modric that's probably oh, yeah. a little bit more mobile around the pitch. Mm. Hoddle's finishing and goal scoring ratios higher than Modric's. Where would where would Hoddle? Because this is the debate I always have with people. Where would Hoddle play in the modern day? Would he be the deep line playmaker, or would he be up behind the striker? Would he basically would he be a, a Deli Ali, or would he be a Modric? Because Luca used to go and get the ball for the centre back, start the attacks, get mm. us playing. Whereas Ali's the goal scoring. He could sort of do both roles, but where it, where he, would he, he could, where would he yeah. fit in? He'd have to be kind of in the middle of a three in midfield. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, Jack. But I think the passing, um, the long range passing, I quite fancy. Would like to see Glenn firing the ball between full backs and centre backs to Rose and Walker, oh, yeah. and that would be. It, that would be perfectly weighted in the correct area you would get onto it and it'd mm. be a first time cross or well, maybe his position would depend on opposition I guess if it was a massive game you'd maybe you'd play him higher up but if you've got West Brom at home just play him at centre half <laughs> I, sometimes, I sometimes think now maybe he, he wouldn't have the pace for the mm. um, but with modern day training methods and, and diets and things like that He's certainly got the football brain. It's always you know. hard, though, isn't it, to compare an old player. Within, so it'd yeah. be like, imagine George Best in the current game. How could The footage of him is he's not even... You can't even call it a pitch, what he's dribbling on. And imagine him doing that now at the Bernabeu. What, that's that's what, what I was going to say about Hoddle. Like, everything is always in dirt and mud, where you've got really sticky ground, and I think mm. he'd, be, he'd be amazing. Mm. He'd be great for England now. You know, they're playing with that 4-3-3. Four, that four, three, three, you know, he'd be great for it's, England. It's one of the biggest travesties of all time. The, the England situation with Hoddle. Mm. And I remember going and watching him on his debut, round 79, I'm guessing, I, I'm not 100% sure, but it was against Romania or Bulgaria, and he, and he scored and set up a goal, and the next game he wasn't in the team. You know, and it was absolutely... When you look at some players who have played, you know... 20, 30 more games than him for England, it, it's bizarre. It really is bizarre. Who was taking his place at that time? Well, it was the you know Brian Robson was an automatic pick every game. I never could see what Brian Robson offered. He was just one of them players for me. Um, he was England captain, so you know. You think maybe Glenn alongside him is almost the perfect just, partnership. Yeah, Ron Greenwood was manager at the time, but it was always a bit bizarre. Um, I think we used to try and play the English game at international level mm. and now in recent years we try and play an international game which doesn't work either so <laughs> yeah. uh, I, d- I d- don't really know mm. what the yeah. ar- answer is to that one What was your vote? Hold the one more trick This is a killer Because Luke is your man as well Luke is one of my favourite players ever Like, but if you're going on real technical ability for King or Toby you have to do it for Hoddle over Modric as well because Modric mm. I've never seen anyone read the game like Modric does but Hoddle like you say his range of passing um, it, it, it was unbelievable like those long passes I love a long like what annoys me is when you know when, you know when you've got someone running onto a ball and it, it gets passed yeah. behind them like that would never happen with Hoddle it would be where it was meant to be you know um, I mean, who was that Arsenal player and I don't want to bring Arsenal into the mix the one they bought with a broken back that Dutch the um, Nordic player uh, that they bought and had for about half a year or a year a couple of seasons ago I can't this whatever his name I can't remember what his name was but there was a really good article um, interviewing him about his time at Arsenal um, and he said like it was the best year of his life because players put the ball where it was meant to be rather than when you were where mm. rather than when where you were and it was the same with Hoddle he put the ball where you were meant to be and so everyone else had to elevate their game and ha- to stop worrying about compensating for players' lack of ability because Hoddle had it all. I think um, if you want to look for um, a, a Hoddle pass, 
Um, and again, you will be able to find it. It's the um, FA Cup semi-final replay, 81, which was at Highbury. And it's the second goal to Garth, uh, Garth Crooks' second goal. And just watch the ball that Hoddle... I think it's the outside of the right foot from the halfway line. Always looks better in the outside yards. of the foot pass as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You know, and I can remember because I was behind the goal in that game, and it was absolutely pitch perfect. So, who was it, Hoddle against who? It was against Wolves. Yeah. Uh, FA Cup semi final replay, um, 81, and that was when we uh, we took over Highbury for the night. Got it. It's on the. Uh, it's on. I'll be on the page. It's on the page again. Um, and the last one. This is a really interesting one. Gary Lineker or Harry Kane? I might be a bit controversial with this. But Lineker was a fan's favourite as well, weren't he? Like everyone, Lin- everyone loved Lineker. Lineker, I mean, he's a better. He's a. He was a better um, footballer than he is a, a pundit on the television. Mm-hmm. I have to say, he's not that bad. It's just a thing. I have a match of the day. You'll have to ignore that one. Um, he, he was probably the modern, you know, the model professional. You know, and that's why I think. When he was England captain, that kind of set the tone for an England captaincy as well. Mm. Um, Big game he, player as well. His finishing he? was fantastic. I can remember when his, um, I think it's his eldest son George was ill when he was a, it was a baby and he was ill and he missed a game. I think he missed Arsenal away, and then he come back. This would be in '91, autumn of '91. Played in a Cup Winners' Cup as it mm. was then against Porto, and we beat him three-one at home, and he scored two that night. And just come out and focused on the game. And what I liked about him as a forward was um, centre backs would come clattering into him, and he'd just get up and walk away. There was never any reaction. He never got anything. booked, did he? Never got booked. I don't know. That's an incredible record. Had the chance, obviously, of beating um, Bobby Charlton's record. That time he had a penalty, didn't he, to equal it against, I think it was against Brazil, and he chipped it over the bar. Oh, no. People were saying oh. that he should have been selected for the Malta game at the weekend because he would probably would have scored. And then well, like, God, yeah. I mean, that, that's the difference is, you know, we'll probably come on to that later. That yeah. is the difference is that, you know, there's, there wasn't quite as many easy games in international level. Not mm. competitive. Friendly as there was, but not competitive. Yeah. Harry Kane... If you give me, say, three more years at Kane, he plays at the same level he has for the last two years, I'll definitely change my mind. Yeah. I never saw what was going to happen to Kane, I must admit. I didn't see it coming. I don't think anyone really saw um, that, to be honest. No. Again, it, it might be down to the coaching at Spurs mm. and, and because we've seen improvements right across the team. Um, let's hope he gets fit soon, he gets back in the team and he gets scoring. Yeah, I'm, I, I love hearing about what... Um, uh, rival fans say about our players and one thing that they always said about Lineker was in a one-on-one it was just assumed to be oh, a goal yeah. it was just a goal every single time and I, yeah. I love that about a striker just does yeah. his job yeah. it, was, it was a bit few um, I'd probably go Kane I think uh, I didn't again I didn't see Lineker I've seen plenty of footage of him but mm. I just think of Kane and I think he's got such a it's only been a few years but he's got such a good record in the derbies you think West Ham it's Chelsea true. Arsenal Pretty much every game he's played in, he's scored. I think that that's enough to win me over straight. If you're scoring mm. against your rivals, it, I don't care really who you are, what you're doing in the other games. I'll like you just for that. We were all there for that. His first North London derby, that that header from the cross by Benton Evans. Like he's given us and that goal last year, that two in the two 0 He's given mm. us some moments. I think but. that's probably the best headed goal I've ever seen live. I can't think of one that is as good. That was like Alan Shearer. In his day at St James's Park, just up above the centre back, out of the way, 
Head yeah. the ball back the way it's came straight in the top corner. It was just was was a great header, great header. I, I've got another, I've got a good headed goal for you. Um, Martin Shivers away. Um, it was against Wolves in the seventy two UEFA Cup final. We did well against league. Wolves, didn't we? In all it was the away leagues. leg. It was the away leg. Yeah, it was the away. We'll leg. see if we can find that. Um, they're all going up on the Facebook page. Yeah, that that, that was a good header. But you can put both the goals up because the, the the seconds are beautiful as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> for the whole game. Just, up, the, the whole game yeah. is here. But it was Kim Kalstrom who I was thinking about earlier. That that goal okay. is up. Um, and the next question comes from Davy Elder, and again, this is another oh, really really good one. So, show. friend of the show. Friend of the show. Um, with two teams, so last season's and the '87 team being so close to winning the league. What player from each squad would have tipped the scales? So basically, who from the 1987 team would have helped us win it last year and who from last year would have helped the 87? That's a good one. That's a, re- that's a really good question. Because I think the 87 team is, is kind of iconic mm. with some of us older uh, supporters. There must have been in that team a weak position or a couple of weak positions. Some There must have been a, 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 at least one weak link in that team where you think... I'm going to try it. I might not be exact, apologies if I'm not exact on this, but it was Clements in goal, and then it, I think it was, I think it's Danny Thomas. Um, I'll look at the FA Cup final team. Definitely Gary Mabbott, Richard Goff, possibly Mitchell Thomas at left back, and then we had five in midfield, and that was um, Paul Allen, Chrissy Waddle. Glenn Oddle, Ozzy Ardiles, Steve Hodge, and then Clive Allen up front. And, and if you're going to base it purely on the 87 season, you would have Clive Allen up front because uh, 49 goals mm. in the season. Yeah. And, but then when you've got the likes of Hoddle and Ardiles in midfield and Waddle, you, you should be scoring that type of goals. Um, so I would Maybe de- the defence, maybe? Because going forward, it looks... Richard, Richard Goff for Vertonghen. Would be one change I would really? make. Yeah, Richard Goff only played one season for us, but outstanding player. Yeah, he used us as, to get a move to Glasgow Rangers. All oh, right, yeah, because Dundee United wouldn't sell him sell him direct to Glasgow Rangers, so he come and played for us for a year. So we signed him, I think, for seven hundred thousand. In the following year, we sold him on for a million and a half. Right, yeah, which was quite a lot of money then. Um, I would tr- definitely try and incorporate. I'd have. Probably Ozzy Ardiles over Ericsson. You'd have Glenn in, wouldn't you? Definitely have Glenn in, and I'd, I'd have Chrissy Waddle over Lamella as well. So you'd so change probably would, four. You'd have so you'd have Goff, the striker, would, so Clive, Clive Allen would Allen. be up top, and then, so you'd have basically the if we're playing if it's a four-two-three-one, let's yeah. say you'd have the eighty-seven forward and the three behind. So you'd have yeah. Ardiles, Hoddle, Waddle behind, yeah, and then the two. Like if you're going to play for sitting Dembele, Dyer, I'd leave it what we've got now. You'd have Dembele and Dyer yeah. in there. Yeah, because we had Paul Allen and Steve Hodge were the other two players in midfield. So not quite as strong. No, still good players. And then the back four, so it'd be Walker or is it Danny Thomas? Did it you say? would be the the current back four, but Richard Goff instead of a Tongan and goalkeeper. Well, I've already gone with Laurie over Clement, so I've got to kind of stick what with that. What a team! Yeah, what yeah. a team that would good be. Good team. Who's missing from the team that your your years like? Who else would you drag in from if it's not if we're not just limiting it to nineteen eighty seven? Who else would you drag in? Well, into like the current team as you you looking yeah. at doing the best of. Hmm. 
It's tough because I think Jack made a good point earlier. It's different eras, yeah. and it's and it's always hard to. You look at fitness levels and things like that. Would that player do well in that era? If we just say um, for their time, so I'll be a bit biased because Martin Chivers was one of my favourites mm. when I was uh, when I was young. When I was like, <laughs> you probably hate me for saying it, but when I was like five and six years old, he was in the team. Yeah. I'm in my fifties now, <laughs> and you know, and he's a lovely guy. Having had the pleasure, we all met him mm. about four or five years ago. A lovely guy as well. Um, he'd be a good holding forward, you know like where you play the ball into feet and he can hold the ball up and feed others in because he's quite strong and he and for a big forward very very good on his feet scored some really good goals really quick feet um, again I'll give you another one the uh, 71 League Cup final against Aston Villa there's one goal there you can see how quick he is on his feet um, dragging the ball back what a squad that would be imagine yeah. that that would go far wouldn't it and the last question is uh, from the man the legend himself Stato um, he's still not happy with my comment about the shelf side the other week so he wants you to back him up and tell everyone how good the shelf side was back in the day well the shelf side in the day was was the place to stand um, my mate Cole Woodbridge is a friend of the show <laughs> yeah, as well he will, he will argue this out forever yeah that that ever since the shelf went, the ground lost a bit of its character. Mm. I, I would agree with that. I mean, we were up up on the shelf in for the '84 UEFA Cup final, and it was fantastic, cracking view of the pitch. Um, years ago, before you had so many season tickets, if you had a standing season ticket, you got the middle section of the east stand. That mm. was your yeah. that was your thing. But you could actually go out the gate and, and go and stand anywhere in the ground. You could. Move around the ground at half time. Imagine having that now, where you just got a season ticket and it was all round the ground, and basically wherever you went on the day, whatever you just sat there. That'd be unbelievable. People used to stand on the halfway line in the East Stand, and then whatever way Spurs were kicking in the first half, they would go behind that goal. Yeah. And then at half time, they would all then transfer behind the goal to where they were kicking in the second half. That's you know, did they have the poles? When did the poles come in the East End? No, they've always been there. Ugh. And um, no, they were further back. The, the, when when they did the development, they put the poles in, but right. they weren't there. There was some posts, but they were further back. They used to go through. I think right through the stand, if I remember rightly. But, yeah, but yeah. they they didn't obstruct your view, and of course you had that higher platform where you can just look over you mm. a little bit high so you're looking down on the game yeah. it was a cracking view mm. it really was yeah, yeah. and so it was good when you was down there and you were playing say West Ham and Arsenal and they had all the park lane mm. you were down more that end of the ground up on the shelf and it, and it was really good yeah, but really good fun my dad just sent for, he replied onto the Facebook group with the uh, 83 Watford um, hodl yeah uh, pass Unbelievable. Yeah, just absolutely unbelievable. Some brilliant questions, though, from our listeners there. So thanks oh. for everyone that sent them in. They're really good. Um, and there's a few more from us. Um, this one's actually uh, one that ASD came up earlier, which was if there were sort of like three to five games or less or more, depends how many you've got, that you could go back and experience again, what would they be? Well, the 91 semi final. Oh, would, the Arsenal. It would definitely be one. Um, because people um, don't realise how how good they were and how oh yeah. how mismatched yeah. we were really. We were massive underdogs that day, absolutely massive underdogs. Like, if you had to do it now, who who the two teams be? So say Spurs are Arsenal. Who would who would be the equivalent of us back in ninety one? Um, we'd be looking at a mid table team, like a Palace maybe. Something yeah, like that. yeah, probably a, Palace. Like a few match winners. Yeah, but 
yeah but not yeah you've got yeah. three or four three or four good individuals but in our case you know I would say Gary you know Gary Mabbitt was always a great great player and then we had um, Gazza and, and Lineker and that was the the core of the team mm. but it, but that game was just one of them games where everything went right and mm. we played well when they put us under pressure when we got a third goal and we was under pressure I think Mercer missed the sitter and then they come out off the bar and then they just missed it so we had a few things went our way as well um, that, that that was good because um, I always remember after the game because all, all the Arsenal supporters were harping on about was doing the double that year mm. they were going to do the double it was they were miles in front in the league and it was a matter of fact that they were going to do the double and we had the tunnel end then when they come off behind the goal and I can remember the, the Spurs then chanting where's your double gone as all their players mm. come down the tunnel and that was that was great I would pay so much money to, to be, be able to yeah. go and experience that game that, that was good um yeah, there's lots of games you can look back on. I mean, winning cups are the main things. You know, the, the, the Manchester City replay. Um, I see. I see actually today that um, Jerry Gow, who played for Man City in that game, unfortunately he passed away oh. yesterday, and he's, he was only in his sixties. Mm, yeah. And I just and it makes you think about the game mm. and him busting around in midfield and trying to get the ball off our dealers. Yeah. So I think any game when you go and win a cup, however bad you play. It's not all about how well you play on the day. It's about winning on the day. Have you um, got any weird, any weird ones? So like, not necessarily like a victory over Arsenal or a cup final win, or was it like a game that was good? To, did you go on an away day, which was like an eight-hour drive, and we won one nil? Do you know what I mean something yeah, that, that it to was, you is yeah, a stand-up? No, there's some, there's some, there's some. We've we've had some good away away days. Yeah. I, I enjoyed one down at Millwall when, when we went there. Um, because I think they had a couple of years in the top division, mm. and we went there and we won five 0 at Millwall, which was um, which was quite good. Any you big... probably don't want to win that much when you go <laughs> no. there. You probably want to win two 0 It was it was no, that's it's a little bit you safer. Want to go there, any, you know, any winner. I can remember going to Highbury and winning in eighty two about three one at an Easter, and that's always great going there mm. and winning there. But we've had some good. Yes, yeah, trying to think of late winners away from home, mm. you know. Yeah, there's so many I'm sure you could list. Like, there's one for me that I think stands out. We didn't even win. Was nil nil AC Milan oh, second leg, God, yeah. getting mm. through one nil in aggregate. Mm. It's the loudest um, I've ever heard. White Hart Lane beating a team that had Seydorf, Perlo, Ibrahimovic, Thiago Silva, Coutinho, Gattuso, Dida. It was literally unbelievable AC Milan team, and somehow we managed. We didn't even win the game, but everyone was going absolutely mad. I think I think if you look back at that, and you, if you look back at the 84 UEFA Cup run to win to win the UEFA Cup in 84 which we didn't have the greatest of teams you know we, we had a good team but it, it wasn't and, and to win it with that team we did well and I think that year we knocked out Feyenoord by Munich so there was quite a few good teams that we, we put, put away that year as well We've just loaded up that AC Milan team yeah, as well. Let me read you out the AC Milan teams. Abiati in goal. Nesta Jankolovski, Thiago Silva and Seedorf, Flamini, Abate, Boateng, Pato, Ibrahimovic and Rubinho. Um, against Gomez, Galas, Dawson, Chorluka, Asrukotu, Lennon, Van der Vaart, who got substituted off and Bale came on in the 66th minute. <laughs> Modric, Sandro, Pinar starting over Bale um, and Crouch. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, they didn't score in. That was two games they didn't score against us. I mean, you, uh, 
A lot of Spurs supporters criticised Redknapp for, for some strange reason. I think he did an amazing yeah. job with the club and he, and he kind of dragged us from where we were and kind of put us in the direction that we're going now. Um, but he, he's another one that used to get best out of players, you know. He, That's he, a good question. Know. We talk about managers. We know we did that hybrid 87 or last mm. season. Who would the manager be? Oh, the current one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, right. uh, David Pleat, for anyone who doesn't know, was the manager in '87, um, and then he, he he ended up leaving the club the following season for non-footballing reasons, but we won't go into at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I think another hatchet job by the Sun, I think it was, if I remember rightly. But um, don't buy it. Yeah, yeah don't buy but no, I'd, I'd stick with the the current manager definitely. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, I just I, people, I still don't think people quite realise what we've got in terms of what he's setting up in terms of the whole team oh, we've got such a young team and we're overachieving so much I, just, I want to have my piece I love him I love him I think, I think when, when we first got him I, 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 when he was being tagged for the job I was thinking oh you know right. another, another run in the meal average man. do we want someone a bit more heavyweight yeah. or you know someone a bit I don't know I, I weren't really it did, didn't really but you saw straight away really within six months that that team was moving forward mm. and I think sometimes also with Sherwood brought in a couple of the young players and that kind of set that wheels in motion as well and you know we have got the players there you've got to give them the chance and yeah. it's very difficult in the Premier League I know but as fans we want to see young players coming through but we want to see it's no good if you've got young players coming through and you're languishing down at 15th in the league and this is this is the reason why all the top teams in the Premier League never that's right they never because if, if you're going in at Chelsea and you've got a brilliant crop of young players which is what they've got they've won yeah. under 21 titles they've yeah. done really well in Europe yeah. I and and you're said right here's 150 million what what are you realistically going to do you're going to go and spend 150 million yeah. on a couple of quality players or you're going to bring a youth team player through because you've got no no time. Like this yeah. is why Potts was such a good appointment for us. Because if you look, his first season he did all right, but he could he almost he had that freedom to not do that well in the mm. first year and risk yeah. bringing these players through. Because think if Conte started doing that and Loftus Cheek starting and they finished ninth, he's not going to be there. Mm. He'd be gone by the time it's the January window. Like which is why it was such a good appointment for us, but also it was mm. such a good move for him. It's, it's, it's a difficult one. I, I, I personally was very depressed with the summer transfer market in general with the Premier League. Not with our policy, but, Just but in general it was, you know, you're seeing these players coming in from Portugal for £30 million and all that's going to do is improve the Portuguese teams. Mm. You know, um, I found it all a little bit depressing, whereas the money used to filter down, you know... I know that doesn't work like that nowadays no, no. I'm a bit old school but it used to filter down to the championship and to league one and like when we brought Ali from Milton Keynes you know that type of thing that, that clubs used to rely on producing young players selling mm. them onto the top clubs and they could put some money in the bank and that would keep them ticking over for two or three years it's interesting I mean we look at that you look at that 87 team as well I think 10 of the 11 were British it was only our dealers mm. that is not there was one more a Belgian wasn't it Nico Classic Classic yeah was, uh, but um, the majority of the team there mm. British if you look at most Premier League teams now you might get two or three especially the top teams whereas we've got quite a few coming through it's yeah. interesting just to see how much it's changed um, season expectations start of the season I mean I was just sort of hopeful we might challenge for the top four maybe we'll have a decent cup run get out of Champions League group I think we all pretty much thought the same mm. What I mean, what do we think now? Bearing in mind the start we've had, 
Champions League. We've recovered well in that. Liverpool in the cup. Like, what, what is now? What's now about? If we finish fifth now, is that a bad season? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, it's better than I thought. You always, you always worry, and I have done for probably the last six or seven seasons now. Always worry that all of a sudden we're going to hurtle backwards, and we seem to be on the front foot. And I think the last two years, you know, arguably we, we've got in front of Chelsea and Manchester United. And there doesn't really seem to be any way that they're going to get back in front of us. I think if you look at the, the Chelsea team, there's always this thing about everyone needs to find a forward, the centre forward. Everyone needs to find a central defender, a top-class central defender. Chelsea certainly need it. I mean, There's a saying, isn't there? Goals Manchester win United games, but a strong defence wins you a title. It's the old argument: if you don't lose, if you don't lose a goal, you, you're going to get one point. Whatever happens mm, at yeah. the other end of the table. So I think we're. I'm quite. I'm, I'm quite optimistic. I think mm. City look very strong. You know, they and 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 they won't hesitate to go and spend another hundred million in January if they need to. Man United, it depends who they sign, where they sign. Mourinho's still got to get a team. He's mm. got a few good individuals. I still think they'll. I still think we're a much better team than Manchester United, and I I'll think, be hugely, yeah. hugely disappointed if we finish below. Them. If you look at Man U as well, and it's always the comparison is how many of their players we get in our team. Mm. If you just look at that back four: Valencia, Smalling, Blinshaw. None of them. Not none of them none would of get them. in. Whereas if you think back to the Ferguson days, we might have had. Midfielders and attacking players that might have An been as good, yeah. But then they had Neville, Vidic, Ferdinand. Do you know what I mean? It was just a rock, ever a rock solid. Back I, think, I think that's a good point. I think if you even go back to the Liverpool team when they dominated in the seventies, and they didn't have the greatest of Alan Hansen was 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 a good player, mm-hmm. very good player. But they had Phil Neal at right back. It was to me was okay, but. And then they had Lawrence playing and Alan Kennedy, I think, at left back. And their goalkeeper wasn't, you know, once Ray Clements left and they had Bruce Scrobble there. I mean, he was an OK goalie mm. at best. But collectively, they were really good. Maybe if you look at the Woolwich back four with the Tony Adams lot, you could arguably say the same. Yeah, and with Chelsea, them. when they first Not started. Not the greatest players, you know, but right, collectively, very good. Yeah. It. But it's interesting because I think at the start of the season, I was like, you've got. The two Manchester's, Chelsea and Arsenal, how the hell are we going to get above one of them? That was what I was thinking at the start mm. of the season. I don't know how we'll get above one of them. So would you take sixth in an FA Cup win? We need to have some trophies. Because this whole thing about finishing fourth is really nice and it's great being in the Champions League. But we've had really two two technically League Cups in 25 years. years. Yeah pretty depressing need to put some trophies on the ball trophies are great I mean early 80s we won three trophies in four years and things like that That, that's Mm. good in the 70s we won three trophies in three years and then lost the final in the fourth year so it's a really really because I think a lot of more old school fans would always say it's about winning trophies that's that's what it's about but then you think the damage that it does to not be playing Champions League football it's re- it's a really hard if you it's, were to say to I yeah. think if you were to say especially to a lot of the foreign players what mm. do you want they'd probably say I want to be playing Champions League next year but I bet if you were to say to Kane and a lot of the homegrown or players that played in Britain they'd say we want to win the FA Cup it's I think, a really tough one I think I think the FA Cup for me is the, the, the depressing one you know no, you know not even being to a final in 20 I think we've lost six semi-finals 
um, you know, since we last won it. And we've lost to the likes of, you know, Everton and Portsmouth and, you know, mm. cut the time. So if Woolwich. it was then, if it's sixth in the league and the FA Cup or you run us up, most points we've ever got in a Premier League season? Oh, it's difficult. FA Cup all day. All day. Mm. Because all the games that we've talked about is mm. all the games that we, me and Jack, mm. talk about are the games, are the league games and like getting through in, an, in, a, mm. in a Champions League game. The games you're talking about are, are finals where we win trophy. I want to win a, I want to go to Wembley and see us lift a trophy. Yeah, I think we've, we've got a picture of um, me, Jack, and his, his brother Sam with the, with the Carlin Cup as it was then. And I think Sam's grown four foot since then. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know. I think even you've grown since then. Well, yeah. Certainly got older. <laughs> um, and then, so one more question. This is about the stadium, actually. So, obviously, like Wildland, the, the only yeah. ground that you've known, like, what are your feelings going to the new stadium? And are you excited about it? Or are you a bit apprehensive? Is it going to be disaster like West Ham or is it going to be sort of the making of us and can help us push on to the next level like what what, what do you think no 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 I think it's um, I think it'll work um, it, it's looking superb you know we can start seeing the shape of it when we go over there now every time we go there there's more of it built for anyone um, that's not seen any any pictures or anything of what the, the stadium's like if you go on the Spurs Facebook or Twitter page they've got a, uh, a camera that's been set up the whole time the work's been going on and they're basically just fast forward all of the work they've done you can see it literally from where White Hart Lane is one big ground to them taking the corner of it out and you can actually see the shape of the stadium now which is so impressive I think at the City game you could almost see sort of like the staggered tiering for where the seats and the different rows are going to be it looks amazing I mean I think when we go to the next game we'll actually be walking under part of the new because they'll build it across Paxton Road and we'll be walking under part of the new stand Um, I think the thing I think the difference is I think West I'm going to have a look at and compare it to the West Ham scenario I think the thing with 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 the lane is with White Hart Lane all the stands have been rebuilt in my time of watching Spurs so it's not kind of say like Everton knocking their ground down where it's been the same for, for years and years so I it's kind of a progress and I'm not one to even the new ground to be called whatever it is if some company wants to give us £300 million in sponsors I don't mind what it's called if it helps no, no, the club no, that's move the way forward. it works now isn't it really? that is you the don't... way it works and we'll get I think um, I think we're going to be a little bit different to West Ham because we're actually going to have a home end we're not going to have a huge running track around the outside. We're not going to have a huge running track. Because isn't there something that, that there's something online which shows exactly how far the furthest seat will be from the pitch, and it's almost as close as the nearest one at West Ham. Like it's the plans are for the seats to not be 15, 20 meters away from the pitch. We want to keep the atmosphere. So I think we're going to have one of the closest modern stadiums that's been built. Yeah, I, th- I think also I think I think Karen Brady was arguing that. The seats at, at, at the Olympic Stadium or the London Stadium, whatever you want to call it, um, were, were nearer to the pitch than Wembley. But if you consider how high Wembley is yeah. at the back, you know, then then you can understand where them statistics is wrong. I think it's important when you go to new ground to hit the ground running a few wins because, like with West Ham, the negativity is set in there. And, and I you think just tend to blame the ground. Then, I think you? next year will be more of a challenge for us than when we go into a new ground. And I think a lot of people moaned about the atmosphere at Wembley for the Champions League game. I thought it was—I didn't have a problem with it. But it is a case of knowing where you're sitting, what you're doing, um, and also the and games of Champions League. Are, 
like this season will prepare us for what it'll be like yeah. next year. I think I think it's a good. I think it's really exciting seeing that new ground going up. Oh, yeah. It really is. It's going to be an amazing place, and you know, credit to the club for getting where they are with it. I think really exciting times, definitely. Um, it's quiz time. Do you want to read the first one? Yeah. So, what country did Tony Galvin represent at international level? It's the Republic of Ireland. Republic of Ireland. Against which Scandinavian country did England record their first victory under former Tottenham Hotspur manager Terry Venables? Oh, it's one of one of four, <laughs> isn't it? Really, um, Norway, Sweden, Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> um, which player scored a hat trick for Tottenham in the seven-two win over Southampton in the league in nineteen ninety-nine two thousand? Was it that game? Yeah. We were two-one down in that game, weren't we? In Southampton. Mm. So it's ninety nine two thousand. So you know, Chris about, Armstrong. Not a bad guess. Not not quite. Stefan Everson. No. In what year did Keith Birkinshaw take up his first coaching role at Tottenham Hotspur? Um, he took over as manager in seventy six. So I'm going to guess seventy four. Seventy five. Oh, oh, unlucky. In which year did Steve Archibald join Spurs? Um, 1980. 1980? <laughs> Unbelievable. In what year did Colin Calderwood join Tottenham? 1992. Three. 93. <laughs> it, was, it was a big guess there. What London club was the last side to beat Tottenham Hotspur during the 1989-1990 season? Arsenal. Chelsea I'm going to say uh, Wimbledon and interestingly for the first time in their history AFC Wimbledon are right now above Wimbledon Milton King Dons Mil- yeah. the MK Dons sorry yeah. in the, for the, that, that game wasn't a 5-1 defeat uh, there might have been a 5-1 defeat that one because if, yeah, yeah, I mean, if it was if it was I was at that game unfortunately Gone. which Italian club did Robbie Keane join after leaving Coventry into Milan into Milan looks like a 1-0 Sorry, Karen. Next question. What club did Ricky Villa join when he left when he left Tottenham Hotspur? And I'm going to read the answer to this. What what country is the team? Well, it's a team that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, God. So he went to the MLS. Oh, um, uh, not New, the New York one that doesn't. No, I don't know. Is it the one George Best played for? Miami Strikers. Oh, <laughs> I was never going to get that. Whoever they were. <laughs> Um, I mean I think that I'm not going to do the blue one which French club did Tottenham Hotspur defeat in the second round of 1972 UEFA Cup Nice 72 Nonce Nonce excellent pronunciation Nonce not Nancy which Dutch club did Spurs defeat in the UEFA Cup first round in 81-82 season uh, final I think one of your favourite Ajax. Ajax. Yes. Ajax. Tottenham Hotspur won on Ajax. aggregate. We won, I think, 3-1 out there and then 3-0 at home. 6-1, 6-1 on aggregate. Yeah. <laughs> um, which Spanish club eliminated Tottenham Hotspur from the 84-85 UEFA Cup? Atletico. Close. Very, very close. Real Madrid? Real Madrid. <laughs> I think we lost we lost one nil at home, and I think it was a Steve Perriman own goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we drew nil nil away and had a goal disallowed. 
Oh, right. Which was outrageous. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, any more from anyone? That's it for me. No. That's Done. it. Done. Well, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. And remember, whatever happens, <laughs> don't forget, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Assembly Danny Montlower Local boy Ledley King Greavesy scoring everything Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle Lee Young-Kyo Casey Keller USA Woodgate is not fit to play Tramatini, Kudachini, Freddie Canute Gary Mabbitt in Chilling Sergi Rembrandt for the win Run for me, Nick on me For three stout Terry Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I go to White Hart Lane Lineker playing fair Modric here there everywhere Pat Jennings luscious hair Super Vertonghen Avliyachenko number 9 9 from the halfway line Villa's running 81 Under Twin Towers Transfer steals Harry Redknapp steals on wheels Legend Steve Perryman MBE Hugo Loris clean sheet Ball at Stefan Dalmatti I'm playing at White Hart Lane Nicola Bertie Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick His football did the trick He showed the world what Spurs could do The League and Cup we won in 1961 Aaron Lennon's lime green shoes Gareth Bailey used to lose Alan Hart and Wheel knew his passport said to Spain Berbatov turn and strop Hartsy saving from the spot Beat Chelsea at Wembley we lifted the League Cup Maradona is a spur We're the football connoisseurs Chaz and Dave's Cockney raised Chirpy the Cockerel Mendes shoots from halfway. Carol Pumbling the same. Clattenburg. Waterberg doesn't give the goal. Abizela's work of art. Tricky Rafa van der Vaart. He's got no head, but we don't care. Martin, Martin, yo. Lily White's from White Hart Lane. Reto Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler. Getting to the grounds of pain. Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into Equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozel lacked Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak, don't come back Andersimovic Crenshaw substitution Tom Hardlister's distribution Jermaine Defoe He's Cisco He's linguistic skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 other. Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could have scored that in blue and white We sold Sakura And we dropped Samora Spurs make my dark days bright But it makes me sad The Steger was so bad Robbie Keane In the box Edgar David Dreadlocks Palacios Stripey socks Everson Hattrick Dave Mackay picking fights European glory nights Terry Dyson go on my son Cliff Jones on the wing (laughs) 
Dean Richards, John White, legendary Lily White. How dare I ask for kicks? Who dare is to do? Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Alan Gilsey. Lily White from White Kazuyuki Soda, Bentley's free kick over, we treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. Liam Walker's page to go, that's Poirier free kick out. Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife. Edrington loved the bookies, and he really loved the cookies. Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game. Heroes in blue and white. When I feel depressed in Cochinola undressed Point won't give up the fight Bullfox never quits, you can be sure of it Robinson's long shot AVB's deep spot David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup Andy Sinton's England call Michael Brown starts a brawl Peter Crouch, eight foot tall Jürgen Klinsmann's dive Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision, Howard Webb's bad decisions Raman Vega playing Sega, Sandro's Kung Fu kick Eric Torsten looking swell, Espen Barson, Leonard and Smith and Shivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue, we love to win style, we've done it for a while It's better to rain playing high, then our football story will echo with glory Lily White and White are playing if the budget allows, the anchor will be ours. Thanks, Dave Hudson, 44. If he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer. Heroes in white and blue. This one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick. He showed the world what's best to do. The League Cup we won in 1961. Heroes in white and blue. We've all loved you since 1882. Even when I'm feeling grey, despite the tears and pain, I get to white hot lane. Heroes in white and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim, fading high, than our football story. Will